Hello folks, I hope you had a great weekend. Okay, today we're going to talk about Freemasonry in the 1800s as, is, as it relates to the LDS Church. Uh, this is a very sensitive topic because Freemasonry around that time did not mess around. And let's go. Okay, becoming a Freemason in America in the 1800s was serious business. There were blood oaths, contracts, promises to be kept, and Freemasonry also carried some very serious penalties. And during the time of Joseph Smith, he was placed in the middle of... Uh, well, he was in place. He happened to f live in the middle of a very mysterious disappearance that, that made national news around that time. Uh, Freemasonry is a topic that most Mormons like to avoid. Most Mormons tend to avoid the historical links between Freemasonry and Mormonism. And this is ironic because uh, Mormons have some very amazing genealogical records. And a lot of the people that descend from these original Mormon pioneers and some non-Mormon pioneers are descendants of Freemasons. And I have a theory as to why Joseph Smith took such a long time to become a Freemason. Uh, the fact that Joseph uh, took such a long time is unusual. Because being a Freemason around that time, it was a very prestigious thing. And there were a lot of benefits that could be gained to being a Freemason. This is particularly unusual also because Joseph Smith Sr. was obviously also a Freemason. You are not going to go around naming your son Hiram, Hiram just because you think the name is cool. <laughs> The name Hiram in Freemasonry is huge. Uh, the, the culmination of the, uh, uh, the, the third degree has a lot to do with Hiram Abif. And if you're going to name Hiram Abif, is basically he's the restorer of the sequence of the Temple of Solomon. And that carries a, a lot of symbolism. And this is Masonic symbolism. And so it is very obvious, even though I tried to look for some records to see where uh, if I could find Joseph Smith Sr.'s um, Masonic records, I was not able to find him. But in my, my guess is that he had to be a Freemason by naming his son uh, Hiram. And so my theory as to why Joseph did not become a Freemason at an early age is of uh, an anti-Masonic movement that was uh, brewing around this time. Uh, in 1827, uh, uh, a man by the name of William Morgan disappeared. Now, the Freemasons were blamed for this disappearance because Morgan opened his mouth about Masonic secrets and oaths that he swore to preserve. Uh, these became national news in the United States and in England. The, 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 there were a lot of intricate problems and... Freemasonry around that time was intertwined with politics, and so this created political problems uh, 
it, it basically made a lot of polit- a lot of Freemasonic, a lot of Freemasons that were politicians look bad. And so it, these became so huge that that even an anti-Masonic party was formed, uh, particularly just to try to use the opportunity of the anti-Masonic sentiment and try to take advantage of the situation by trying to gain a political office. This whole ordeal came into into the Mormon's lap even at a greater um, degree of severity because Morgan's wife, uh, who uh, left the Midwest and joined the LDS Church. This is according to a book called The Baptisms of William Morgan by John Thompson. Now, Morgan was never baptized as a member of the LDS Church, but he was baptized after his death, as it is a tradition within the Mormon Church. Morgan became one of the first deaf people to be baptized by proxy by the LDS Church, as it is now a huge tradition. And Smith, uh, Joseph Smith, was sealed to uh, Morgan's wife, who had already remarried by that point in 1838. This and the anti-Masonic sentiment in that era must have placed Joseph Smith on the other side of Freemasonry. And But since Freemasons were still in power in Nauvoo, and Smith needed the Masonic protection of the town and to gain their, and to gain their credibility to try to run as a mayor, Smith must have found it convenient to join the order in Nauvoo. By joining the Freemasons around that time, it carried a huge compromise, as I already kind of said. The compromise was that of obeying and following the expectations of the order. These expectations are very similar to the expectations of the U.S. Constitution, except that Freemasons swear blood oaths and have some very severe expectations of their members. One of the biggest problems for Freemasons is the mixture of church and state. Masonic lore speaks of abuse of power from the kings uh, of Europe and the church, particularly the Catholic Church. So they swear oaths that will defend with their lives the division between church and state. So when Joseph Smith declares himself a prophet and a mayor of the town of Nauvoo, this must have not sailed very well with the Freemasons of that community, especially since like this violates oaths and... If we are to assume that Masons in this town control parts of the government and the newspapers of the town, the Freemasons will have at this point turned themselves against Joseph Joseph Smith. And what really angered them must have been the proliferation of Masonic secrets and costumes uh, in the LDS temple. Freemasonry was and still is heavily controlled by an organization of males only, the fact that they suspected just that Smith used Masonic secret tokens, passwords, and overall customs of Freemasonry, it, it, it passed and he passed it, he tried to pass it as his own. For the Freemasons, it would have been unforgivable at that point. Uh, it would, you know, they would have gone off of the, uh, you know, yes, would have gone off. Um, but since Freemasons, were in hot water as a result for the Morgan affair 20 years earlier, they would have done anything, they would have never done anything outside the law to punish Smith for violating his oaths. But they did have a lot of stuff. Joseph Smith had placed himself in many legal problems. He then tried to reach the federal government, uh, but then they tried, they basically ridiculed him. 
He then resorted to trying to break away from the laws of the Union. Uh, this was not received well. Joseph Smith, um, he had a lot of charges of fraud, of counterf uh, counterfeit of money, uh, of debts. And, and so William Law and Robert Foster, former LDS members and fellow Freemasons, co-opted to jail Smith on charges of uh, perjury and polygamy. On top of this, the Nauvoo Examiner, the newspaper around the, in his area in that time, denounced Smith as an outlaw, as a worshiper of many gods who wanted to control the town. This pressure incited a violent mob to break into Cartier's jail where he was, uh, where he was imprisoned, whereas, uh, and they shot him. They shot him with a shotgun. And it is rumored that Smith died raising his hands up in the air. Uh, in Freemasonry, this is a sign of distress. And Freemasons are sworn to attend to the aid of a brother who throws out this sign. These may have led to believe that Joseph Smith knew what Freemasons, that the Freemasons were among the crowd. And he might have been calling them for help. But instead, they may have contributed to his death. And... Uh, this is a, a sad, a sad um, set of events for Joseph Smith because it seems that he was always run from town to town for what, for what he believed and for what he stood for. And he might have meant the best um, for, for his community, for his religion, for the world now. But other people didn't see it that way. They saw the immediate uh, damage that Joseph Smith uh, did to, let's say, a particular community or to a particular group, in this case, the Freemasons, or to a particular person. But it is hard for us to be able to put ourselves in a place where we can judge them because we do not really know the intentions that Joseph Smith had for the things that he did. Nowadays, the LDS Church puts up the best intentions of Joseph Smith, and the members are sometimes um, just believe it for face value, but I believe that it is of great worth for us to be able to try to analyze the possible premises for his actions and try to analyze them uh, with a blank slate not to analyze him to try to make him an evil man or to try to make him as a saint or a god, but as, um, as, the, as the Mormons put it, as a prophet. Now, prophets do good things and they do bad things. Uh, they're, not, they're, they're not blameless. Many prophets have had many, many problems. Um, you know, David with, uh, with, with, uh, with infidelity, Solomon also with infidelity, and the people of Israel fall. And therefore, it would be foolish for us to assume that Joseph Smith will be blameless. He obviously, he was also human, so he had, the, his, he had his own problems. But I'm trying to make this analysis on Joseph Smith and on the Freemasons to try to make sense of his work and of his intentions. And it is obvious now that his initial work was a seed for the present Mormon church, 
which now has temples all over the world. So whatever huge or little he did to try to expand his philosophy has succeeded. Uh, maybe not by his own hand alone, but also by the hands of the prophets and the organization that, that, that he formed and that uh, evolved or devolved from his original structure. And that we have to admire, uh, or at least I admire. I admire the, the fact that he had the vision to expand his philosophies and to expand what he believed to be true and try to overcome all the challenges that were placed in front of him. Um, they, you know, some people assume that they might have been done for selfish purposes. Some people who are faithful to the church believe that that was the work of God or it was destined to be. But we cannot really judge him because that's in the past and we don't really know his intention. But what, could, but what, can, really, what we can do is to try to evaluate as Mormons or people that study Mormonism to try to evaluate the value of some of his actions as they reflect our personal lives. Do they enrich your life? That's great. If they don't enrich your life, then that's okay. But it is interesting for us to be able to try to make sense of what he taught and what he believed and try to reap the benefits of his personal views and the, the heritage and the work that he left for all of us. Anyway, this is a short episode. I appreciate all your attention and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thanks.